Okay, if you have your Bibles, you can turn. Very simple message this morning. Title of my message is Works No, Works Yes. Sounds like a schizophrenia, doesn't it, huh? <laughs> works No, Works Yes. And uh, I want to share that this morning. First of all, Works No. Notice, if you would, there, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. No works, see? Lest any man should boast. In those two verses right there, it shows us that salvation is completely from God as a gift to us. There's nothing that we can do of ourselves. That means none of our works can contribute in any way, to our salvation. Romans 3.12 says this here. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not, not one. We all don't do good, you know, because we don't do it for the glory of God. We do it for other reasons before we're saved, right? And so that's the case. Titus 3.5 states this here. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us, and so on. You know, all of our works are as filthy rags. We know that. We're not saved because of what we have done or what we will do, okay? You know, Cain learned that a long time ago, didn't he? He brought the works of his hands. Rather than bringing a sacrifice somebody else did by shedding its blood for able. And God rejected human works and God rejects human works today for salvation. We're not saved because of what we've done or what we will do. But we will be saved because our faith in what Jesus Christ has done. He died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again. And he, God, has done everything needed for our salvation. All we need to do is to believe in what God has accomplished through his son. That's it. We just believe from our heart. Romans 3, 24, 25 says this, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation, satisfied sacrifice, through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, and so on. When you get saved, God takes your sin and gives you his son's righteousness. Uh, boy, what a trade-off that is. Chapter 4, verse 5 says this, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. I'm grateful that there's nothing that I can do or have to do to be saved. I just need to believe in who Christ is and what he's done. I think one of the reasons that God often says not of works, uh, it's actually a warning. And the reason it's a warning is because there are so many religions out there. And they say you have to have faith in something plus works and Man loves to boast. Man likes to pat himself on the back 
So works is desirous of man to help God save him. But God says, I don't need any of your help. Amen? Now, they come along and they use a few sprinkled in verses. They'll use a verse like James 2.24. James says this, you see, then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Boy, that sounds, you need works. Faith plus works, right? You always need to remember who's he writing to. He's writing to the 12 tribes of Israel in verse 1. Israel was under law. Hello? Then he states in Acts 2.38, people use this. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And then, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So you need to repent, you need to be water baptized, then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, your sins be forgiven, and receive the Spirit of God. Of course, that's not the way we do it today. Today we believe in the gospel and bam, we're spirit inside of us immediately at that moment. No water, no baptism, no church membership, no nothing. I just had faith in the finished work of Christ. And that's when he saves you. It even says in Acts chapter 10 verse 35, he says, But in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. And by the way, that's Peter giving a report. And Peter is a Jew. And it's still the kingdom program in the sense of what they knew and understood at that time. So those verses I just mentioned to you actually was Israel's truth. But today, in the dispensation of grace, it's by grace alone, through faith alone, in the gospel alone. Nothing else needed. Not of works of any kind to help God save us. Salvation is a free gift to those who will believe in Christ and his finished work. Now, it's not just a head knowledge or an emotional thing, okay? It's not talking about that. It's talking about the fact that you realize it's for you. In my heart, I recognize I'm a sinner. I know I can't save myself. But I believe what the Word of God says, Christ loved me so much, Christ came and died for my sins, was buried. That was for me. I'm not just giving an intellectual acknowledgement of what the Word of God says. It's for me personally. And I believe that inside of my heart. Amen? So, salvation works? No. Works, no. Then there's works, yes. The next verse in Ephesians 2, verse 10, says this. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, that's salvation, unto good works. So we see there, we learn that if one is truly saved because we've been spiritually raised to new life, now God is inside us and we are in him. Our new life that we have in Christ will produce good works or biblical living. 
Works, yes, comes after salvation. Okay? It's just that simple. We of us that are saved, we have been created new creatures in Christ for the purpose of him and his word living in us. We have the Zoe life of God, the love life of God living inside of us. And because of that presence, it produces certain things in our thinking, in our heart, thus in our actions. Philippians 2.13 says this, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I'm a new person. Because I'm a new person, now there's new action. Now there's new behavior. Because I am a new person now. Amen? Back to Ephesians 2.10, I think it's important. The last part of that verse says, created in Christ Jesus, what he says, unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now some people, they should, but they don't all the time. They don't go all the way with God, do they? But that word there, unto good works, Unto means salvation first. By grace are you saved through faith that not of yourself. It's gift of God and so on. Unto, once you're saved, what follows is good works, is godly behavior, is godly fruit. Get a hold of this now. We have time past, God dealt with Israel. Genesis through Acts 7 mainly, but the book of Acts is a transitional book, right? But now is when Paul got saved. We're in the dispensation of grace today. We're no longer in time past under law. Now we're today the dispensation of grace under grace. And it's completely different today in the dispensation of grace. And this was a secret until it was given to the Apostle Paul. And it's God's plan that those saved in this dispensation of grace are to live godly lives. Now, I know in the Old Testament Gospels, they were to live godly lives too under that system. The difference is today, we demonstrate that grace... Grace that's free, that's a gift. That grace is not a license to sin. There are some people that think because of grace we can live any old way we want to. That's completely the opposite. Grace produces good works, godly fruit, a new behavior, a new lifestyle. Just notice some of these verses here. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and following. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation 
hath appeared to all men. And that grace, by the way, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Chapter 3, verse 8 says this. This is a faithful saying, and, and these things I will that, that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed, you're saved, in God might be careful to maintain good works. There should be good works after you're saved. It states in Colossians 1.10 that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. The more you grow, you mature in the things and the word of God, the more godly you can live. Then it states in 2 Timothy 3.17 that the man of God may be perfect, mature, complete, finished, through, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So, salvation works? No. After salvation works? Yes. You see, works is living according to God's truth. And works should take place if we're truly saved. Now, again, we understand something. There are different levels of believers. You have to start at the basis, right? Then you can go up a little higher, go up a little higher, and become more matured and more matured. We, we understand all of that. However, there should be some proof of being birthed by God. This thing called salvation is not just a little, yes, I believe that's it. You never change. You never do anything for God. That's not what sal salvation is a radical change in a person's heart and life. And people don't like to hear that. They like to say, well, I believe in Jesus. I'm going to heaven. That's good enough. I'm going to live the you know, way I want. That's not the way it works. Amen? Notice these are some quotes I used one time, but I like them. And I want you to just get the gist of what should be in one's life or you should be pressing toward it anyway. Dr. Charles Baker says, if a person claims to be an artist, but he's never painted, huh? If a person says they're a musician, but they've never played, we have reason to doubt they're not. And if a person claims to be a new creation in Christ for the purpose of producing uh, good works, but they never do any good works associated with their faith, you have reason to doubt. That's what he's saying. Chuck Swindoll said, test yourselves. Ask, have I experienced any significant changes moving of God in my life through knowing him? Do I experience his leading, his presence? Are my habits different, my thoughts different? 
Alan Blair said, if our faith is genuine, it must find its way out of our heart into convincing actions. Merrill Unger, who wrote the Unger's dictionary, but also his Bible book on the books of the Bible, saving faith can, saving faith can never be divorced from works which prove its faith existence. I like that one. J. Vernon McGee, the one guy who always said we're going on a safari in the word of God for the next five years. I heard a guy say, an evangelist say one time, what's his hurry? And he was kind of mocking him. Well, that young guy's out of ministry. He has been for years. O.J. Vernon McGee, you can still hear him on radio every now and then. Being dead, yet he speaketh. He said, one of the great dangers for us preachers is that we like to see people saved. And we're willing to accept any flippant yes that's as phony as a $3 bill. He said, saving faith is a lie. Professing faith is dead. We have a lot of so-called professing Christians today who are members of churches. They are nothing in the world but zombies. They walk around as alive, but they are dead. Why? Because living faith, saving faith produces works. Regular Baptist press. You know, I was the Baptist for 29 years. Faith alone saves, but faith that saves is not alone. It's attended by good works. A faith that produces no works cannot save anyone. Are you listening? Dr. Ironside, no action, no faith. There is no work of grace in the heart where there are no acts of grace in life. Lehman Strauss, great Jewish evangelist. Can faith save him who merely says he has faith but who fails to do the will of God? No. Fickett Jr. says this, if one says he has faith but gives no evidence of it, this type of faith is worthless. Vital true faith, the faith that marks the difference between heaven and hell, always has righteous deeds. Warren Wiersbe, how many of you have heard of Warren Wiersbe? Great Bible teacher in a lot of ways. The kind of faith that is never seen in practical works never saves. Any faith declaration that does not result in a changed life and good works is a false declaration. And he said this, I, I like this one. No man can come to Christ by faith and remain the same any more than he can come into contact with a 220-volt exposed wire and remain the same. Amen? Amen? He said, a dead faith is a counterfeit faith and lulls the person into false confidence of eternal life. A dead faith is when a person is touched with his intellect and perhaps even his emotions. The demons believe intellect and tremble emotions, but true faith is when you receive life, then you reveal that life in your life. Amen? J.I. Packer said the proof of a man's faith is real is precisely that it makes him work. It makes him feel 
the constraint of Christ's love for him, the greatness of the debt of gratitude he owes to his God for the salvation that he's received. Gresham Macon said, a Christian is not saved by himself but by God. But he is saved by God not in order that he may continue in sin, but in order that he may conquer sin and attain unto holiness. Another one said, God is committed to the task of conforming the believer to the image of his son. What God starts, he finishes. If it's real, he'll work in your life. Becca Book says, a person who is genuinely saved should live differently than he did before salvation. True faith will be seen by others. What's happening to you? You're different. Huh? Thiessen says, works are the outgrowth of faith. Bancroft says, faith is the cause, works the effect. The faith that does not lead men to act upon the word of God or obedience such faith is not a saving faith. Dr. Spurgeon and, and Dr. Sproul both said there can be no true justification without sanctification. No true right standing without right behavior. Henry Moore said, a walk of obedience to God's will, God's word, certainly is the result of faith which is truly genuine. This, of course, will be observed by other people. A faith which fails to produce such a walk is a spurious faith. Did you listen to those things? When through faith we believe in Jesus Christ, who he is, what he's accomplished for us, he gives us eternal life. And it's at that moment our being, our character is so transformed. The whole direction and motivation of our lives is so changed, so revolutionized that we are in fact new, different, and Christ ones. Romans 6, 17, 18 says this. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being made, now get this, being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Amen? 1 Corinthians 6, 9, great verse. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor infeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But now you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And by the Spirit of our God. Thank you, Spirit. Since God is in me as a believer, I'm a new person. 
I have a new position in Christ. And now there's a new practice in my life. You see, works salvation, works no. But after you get saved, works yes. Let me ask you, what about you? Can you prove you're saved? We're not saved by works, but because of salvation, we do work. We have some kind of influence of the Word of God, the Spirit of God, God Himself working in us somewhere along the line. We should be able to show some type of proof we are children of God. And I think Satan has hoodwinked a lot of people and just saying, yeah, I, I believe that, and that's enough, without believing it from their heart, that it was for me he died. It's for me he took my sins away. It was for me he rose from the grave. And I believe that's enough to save me. I don't care what anybody else, me. God, I believe. When I was first saved, I remember... It was a miracle in a sense uh, that he would save somebody like me. I, I've never gotten over that, by the way. And I remember I began to have a hunger for the things of God. I began to want to know more about God. I got saved. My pastor was having a revival. I, I'd go to the revival. When they weren't having revivals, I... Back in the old days, they printed churches where they used to have revivals, and I'd go to churches. I didn't have a clue about what these churches believed or whatever. I just knew they were having a revival, and I wanted to be where God was in a sense of the power of God working. And I, I would go to churches like that. I think that was giving evidence to me I'd been birthed. <laughs> I was a new person in Christ. Later on, trying to make Christ Lord of my life, that was a real battle. And by the way, it's still the battle. Even though you get saved, you still have, God gives you a new nature, but you have the old nature still. You have that prone to sin. And how many of you know that the flesh is really strong? Anybody? That's my greatest enemy. I fight my flesh all the time. And uh, it's like you take one step forward, two steps backward. <laughs> and you say, golly, God, why would you love somebody like me? You ever said that to him? And uh, you get, but it's, it's a real battle. And the only time I began to have victory, two things happened in my life. The first thing was growth came when I separated myself from my old friends. When I made the break of not running with my old friends who, like me, enjoyed sinning, it wasn't until I made that break and began to go with those who called out of God with a pure heart. You'll not have victory in your life if you continue the old people that, kept, that keeps drawing you back into sin. It just won't happen. And that stunts your growth. That keeps you at a certain level, doesn't it? And the other thing was, when I came to the point, I gave it all to God. I left it all. I took off and went to Tennessee Temple. 
I left all my surroundings. And as I look back, what was I doing? Now, don't miss this. I was placing myself in a position to have those in my life that were going in the same direction. Amen? The most important people in my life were those people who were wanting to go toward God's ways also. And that really helped me to begin to grow and mature in my relationship with God. I'm not the smartest person in the world. I still have problems with my English, as some of you know. Some of you would like to try to interpret, as we've been studying in Sunday school, some of my phrases that I use. I'm not the most in intellect, but I read the Bible that I'm not to be removed from the simplicity that is in Christ. I thank God for those intellectual giants who can defend us in the world. But I also know this, I've been saved. Even though I won't ever arrive until I get to heaven to where I should be, and I have my problems with my flesh, I fight it, I battle it all the time. It's only as I yield to Christ, his word, and so on, do I have that victory. I'm grateful, though, that I know I'm saved because as I look back and I see what I used to do, the way I used to live, and I see how God has worked in my life to remove those things and put in my life things that I should be doing and going in that direction. I'm grateful I'm saved today. And some days you don't feel like it, do you? <laughs> Sometimes you say, could I be saved if I live like this? I know none of you are that way, but I'm that way sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm grateful that I've seen some change. And for you, don't just give a flippant yes. Yeah, I believe Christ died. Rose. Yeah, that's, it has come from the heart, a true heart faith. And if you do, it will produce certain biblical truths in your life. Some way, somehow, sooner or later, later you'll let it get out. I'm a Christian. <laughs> I want to live for God. <laughs> is that you today? Which one is it? Can you prove it by your life? That's a good examination, isn't it? Father, we love you. Thank you, God, for grace. We know we're not saved by works. We know that. But also, God, we understand that when we become one of yours, so many things happen to us from your presence indwelling in us, your word, your sealing, your adoption, your reconciliation, the, the, our redemption. On and on it goes, so many things. And because of that, it helps us with our new life, our new walk in Christ. And I just pray you'd speak to people's hearts today, that they would examine. And God, if there's somebody here today that they said, I can, there's nothing in my life 
to even give evidence I am saved. May today be the day that they bow their head and their heart and tell you that they believe in the gospel, that Christ died for them, that he was buried for them, and he rose again from the grave for them so that they could have their sins forgiven and receive eternal life. I pray they would believe the gospel today. And for us others, as we examine, yes, there's a few things in my life that I can show I am saved, but I'm so far from being where I ought to be. I just pray you speak to hearts today that somewhere down inside their soul they would say, God, it's your way all the way. I give you it all. Whatever you want for my life, here I am. In Christ's name I pray. We hope you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpnd.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. You can watch us live and view past services on our website, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Until next broadcast, may God richly bless you is our prayer.